Hey there, podcast listeners. Since the time of recording this episode, we've changed our name to be Truest Leadership Institute. You can learn more about this podcast and about the Truest Leadership Institute by visiting us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. And now, back to the episode. Welcome to Season 2 of the Leadership Amplitude Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Sladen, and we are continuing to bring you the psychology of better business, sharing tips, tools, and resources that you can use the very next time you step into your office. Kicking off Season 2, I'm joined today by Dr. Chris Smith and Dr. Patrick Gallagher from the bb Leadership Institute. On this episode, we'll be exploring the role of psychology as it relates to business performance. Patrick. You do a lot of research related to engagement and the work we do here at the Institute. Based on what you're seeing, why is the psychology of business so important in leading effectively? That's a great question. Thanks for asking because as a professional research psychologist, I think about this all the time every day. Uh, psychology has so much to offer the, the leader to be able to, to run day-to-day business better and to have better relationships with people. Just to understand how others feel, think, and behave. That's exactly what research psychology does. So, for example, in, in the area of engagement, that's I've really been focused on that for a couple of years now, been immersed in that. And so it's kind of one of the first things I go to. But it's also a great example because there, there are hundreds and hundreds, thousands, really, of research articles on employee engagement and its its predecessors going back decades, satisfaction, job satisfaction, work satisfaction, job commitment. Uh, there's There are just volumes and volumes of empirical findings that give leaders clues about here's what people want out of their job. Here's what people want out of their leaders. Here are things that you as a leader can do to uh, to make people more motivated, more fulfilled, and to lead to better business outcomes. There's, there's just so much there um, that psychology has to offer. And my focus as a psychologist has always been individual people. Um, how, do they, how do they feel about what they're doing? How do they make decisions? What motivates them uh, to, to kind of go and be above and beyond in whatever task they're doing? And with an understanding of that, a, a leader can really just sort of appreciate the impact that they can have on people. They can also know more about how to carry out tasks that they have to do, relationships that they have with people. It can make everything better. And I haven't said one word about any kind of specific industry knowledge or strategy because psychology and what research can bring to a leader is sort of on top of or separate from all that. Of course, they have to have business acumen. They have to have specific skills and experience in the industry that you're working in. But um, psychology can just supercharge any organization if, if a leader kind of uses the insights from empirical research psychology. So all true confessions, I'm one of those PhDs that really doesn't like to read research uh, because it's too long. I'm going to hope that I'm not the only one out there and that there's listeners out there that are don't have the time or inclination to do all the reading. What would you say are the cliff note versions that would be helpful for our, our listeners to hear about today? You know, you, you've got years of experience doing this kind of research. You've obviously got valuable insights. 
on the psychology of business, which is what we're so much about here at the Institute. What are some core takeaways that are part of your most current research? So first of all, you are absolutely not alone in not enjoying uh, research articles. So <laughs> thank e- you for letting me even, off the hook there. Even a lot of research psychologists don't enjoy reading those articles. When you when you read an article from a from a from an academic research journal, a peer reviewed journal, um, those things are not written to be. They're written to convey information uh, and for scientists to be able to replicate each other's work. That's the amount of detail that goes into them. First of all, without even answering your question yet, first of all, I would say as, as a leader, find, find that trusted source who can actually read the research and translate it for you. That's a big part of my job. That's something that I do and my team does here at the Leadership Institute. But as far as top findings, I'm, I'm going to go back over my whole time here and the tens of thousands of responses we've gotten to our engagement instrument and all those data that we've that we've been analyzing and I'll say one of the things that really comes to the top as far as engagement is having people in the right jobs the right people in the right jobs people who get to do what they like to do and what they're good at goes a long way a lot of the way towards high engagement that's I think that might be one of the number one things that I would take from all of our work over the last few years so not just warm bodies and seats. It's proper alignment. That's right. If you can invest in matching people's skills and passions with the tasks that they do, you know, that, that could potentially give you a, a massive payoff. And, you know, for people who, who really hire a lot of entry level employees, it's, it's hard to do. Like if you are trying to staff something like a call center that just, you know, across the industry has high turnover rates. Uh, and it's entry level, people of all different skill levels, some college educated, some not. If you're trying to staff uh, an operation like that, it can seem hard to justify investing in a more robust search and selection process for those kind of employees because you just kind of need people to, to, to get in there and start getting on the phones. Mm-hmm. However, if you do match people's skills and abilities and passions a little better with the, the work that they'll be doing, and then if you invest a little more in their engagement and their relationships while they're there, that turnover number goes down, which right there is your first return on investment. The other things that go up are productivity, motivation, customer service. When people are, are doing what they're good at, they're going to provide better customer service because they want to, not because you're trying to incentivize them or because you're telling them to. Because they're enjoying their work. Yeah, they're they're intrinsically motivated to do what the company needs of them. That's real alignment, right? So one of the one of my top findings is if you can if you can invest in that as as a leader, if your organization can invest in that kind of alignment, that's going to be from from all of the data that we've seen and from the literature, of course, that's going to be a that's going to have a big payoff. And one of the things that you're talking about is a real return on investment, a real business bottom line sort of impact of creating that kind of alignment. And, and, and I'm not sure if you said this directly, but you, you've talked about the task side of it, of leadership, making sure people are aligned on tasks, but you've also talked about passion and emotion. And, and so one of the things that, that in my work as a, as a facilitator and a coach here at the Institute, I see an aha moment for a lot of people 
early in the program when we're talking about the leadership ladder and the importance of balancing tasks and relationships, what I think you've just implied, at least if not said directly, is that to lead effectively and to uh, achieve a high level of engagement and to achieve uh, and maximize the human side of, of the business and make more money uh, or to be more successful if you're in a nonprofit, whatever setting you're in, you really have to know your people. Um, so, so how do you see the importance of relationship and communication tying directly to engagement and ultimately business outcomes? The business outcomes of high engagement are well established. I think most of our listeners, most leadership out there kind of understands that, yeah, the, the case has been made that engagement pays off. Organizations that have higher engagement are more successful, more productive, more cost-effective, and individuals who feel more engaged uh, are better at their jobs and their and their actual like the tasks of their jobs, but also in sort of being citizens of the organization, sort of advocating for the organization, helping new employees uh, who come in, get them acclimated, uh, being better teammates. Engagement pays off. There's no doubt about that. That case has been made. And in our research, we we have absolutely found. Uh, the same sort of things that have been suggested and, and studied in the literature, which is that there are certain conditions or you might call them drivers in an organization that support that engagement and ultimately lead to better productivity and all those, those outcomes of engagement. And at the center of many of those conditions are relationships. So individual employees' relationships with their managers facilitates other drivers relationships are at the center of uh, those those conditions or those drivers that really facilitate high engagement. So even in, in our, uh, some of our sort of ongoing research, some, some emerging findings right now, hot off the presses, uh, are that strong relationships with managers can almost mitigate the effects of low levels of other drivers. I want to jump in here because that's huge to me because there's, it seems like in organizations, there are things that you have no control over depending on your level. But what you're saying is even if there are other drivers that you have no control over and you cannot improve your, for your team, if you have a strong relationship with them, if you do what you can in that, that that can offset those elements that you cannot control. Even with a when there's lack of clarity or there's lack of control, then if there is a high level of connectedness, it can mitigate or offset those other variables and net a higher level of engagement than if connectedness was low. I think that's really interesting because in both, well, especially in the area of clarity, sometimes leaders can't give their team clarity because they themselves do not have clarity. And yet they need to be able to do whatever they can to have the team as high performing as possible and have all those benefits, high retention, all that stuff. And so being able to offset that through relationships seems like it would be a big deal. I'm seeing that a lot right now with some of the executive coaching work I'm doing. There's, there's a lot of organizations that I'm working with, a lot of leaders I'm working with who are leading in times of high change. When by definition, there is low clarity and employees feel a, a diminished sense of control because ultimately they don't, in some cases, they don't have control over what 
you know, what their job looks like, or even if they have a job uh, down the road. And so one of the things that, that we're finding based on Patrick's work is that if we can help those leaders strengthen those relationships and drive up that level of connectedness, then that can offset employees low level of control and, and clarity. I, I had one participant in a program, a uh, very sharp guy. You know, one of the things, the way he put it was that even if I don't know what the future holds and I don't have any control or I don't have as much control over my own destiny, if I trust my leader, if I feel connected to that person and I feel like, and I believe that they're going to share what they can share with me as soon as they can share it, then I'll take the leap of faith and follow that person even when I don't know what's going to happen next. And and I think that that supports what, what Patrick's research has found is that that high level of connectedness can offset or, or mitigate those other drivers, even when they're low in times of high change. And that's very powerful for people because to your point, Anna, they can control or at least significantly impact that connectedness driver, even if they can't significantly impact clarity or control for the employee. We've also shown that in our research that a strong manager relationship sort of enables some of the other, uh, some of the other drivers. So without strong manager support, it's harder for employees to feel that certainty about change or psychological safety, which is the freedom to sort of speak up and point out problems or say what you really feel about things, which is very important for a successful organization, or to feel that that right amount of challenge where the t- the demands of the tasks don't outstrip your skills, or when you're not so sort of overskilled or overqualified for a situation that you're bored, that, that right level of challenge is right in between. So you're stretched in your skills. Um, that's very motivating. Now, without manager support or uh, a, that strong manager relationship, it is harder for employees to achieve that amount of clarity or psychological safety. Leaders who aren't paying attention to those relationships are, are you know, they're, they're feeding the recruiting industry because those people are easy to pull out and put somewhere else. I think that's so interesting because recently I had a friend who she got headhunted because someone else in her department got headhunted and the recruiter said, anybody else on your team that might be interested in coming over? And over time, they realized that that headhunter had gotten like half of the team mm-hmm. and moved them over to their company. Yeah, because the, you know, the, I've never thought of it this way. And I certainly, I don't think I was this aware when I was in that role, but we sense as recruiters, I'll put that hat on from 25 years ago. You know, we sense unhappiness or disconnectedness with, with people's employment. And we know that it's easy to pull people out of those places where there's not a high level of engagement and find them a home where they at least perceive that there will be a higher level of engagement. Again, sometimes it's not, oftentimes, usually it's not about the money or the perks. It's usually about, I can do the job, but I'm not happy. And if I can come in as a recruiter and say, I can get you somewhere where you're happy, then you're losing team members because I'm pulling them out. That, that's just a, a a great illustration, an actual like um, you know crystal clear perspective from somebody who's in the business of finding people, you know, different different work. The the research is clear. 
uh, high quality relationships between leaders and followers predicts turnover. There are uh, there's a strong one meta analysis found that it was that relationship with their manager was the strongest predictor uh, of whether employees would leave compared to some of the other predictors like satisfaction with pay or job satisfaction in general. That relationship with the manager was one of the most powerful predictors of whether somebody would leave or not. And Chris, your perspective is just great from somebody who's actually in the business of, of doing that. I'm also reflecting on my relationship with my current manager, because if he were to go to another department anywhere in this organization and he were to call me and say, Anna, I need you, I would not even ask what I'm doing. I'd just be like, okay, I'll be there on Monday. But he and I have that kind of relationship. He has spent a lot of time developing that relationship, getting to know my strengths, my growth opportunities. Like he's really invested in me. But as a result of that, now we've, I've worked for him now for two, a year and a half, two years that at any point he could call me and I'm there for him. That reminds me of a story from a participant, uh, that came through our five day program here. And, um, and I remember referring to the guy as, you were a Marine, right? And he said, no, Chris, I am a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm-hmm. But the example he gave was, if I trust my leader and I've got that strong relationship, I'll run through a wall for that person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about is, yeah. is, is if I've got that relationship, I will do what you need me to do. I'll follow you where you need me to follow. And, and what we're seeing right now in the work we do here at the Institute is that organizations, a lot of organizations are going through tremendous change and, and that's what leaders need if they're going to be successful in times of high change is those employees, those team members and associates who will follow them into the unknown because of that strong relationship, because we can't as leaders often control what's going on around us. Oftentimes we're hearing that you know, sort of from on high, what, what's going to happen. And, and all we can do is react and try to lead our, our groups through those changes. And if we've got that relationship, as you said, Anna, you'll follow that leader wherever they need you to go. If you don't have that relationship, then, you know, my former colleagues in the, in the headhunting field will find you a place uh, to go outside of the organization. And that's not what any of us want. On our next episode, we'll learn about how employee engagement surveys work and what kind of moves you can make to make a meaningful improvement in your engagement levels. Hey, did you know we have a magazine? Visit us on the web at bbtleadershipinstitute.com and click the link on our homepage. And while you're there, make sure to click the subscribe button in the top right-hand corner of your browser. This will make sure that you get our quarterly newsletter, which includes magazine announcements, and new articles, white papers, videos, and much, much more. If you love this podcast, I guarantee you'll enjoy that quarterly newsletter. For more information on today's podcast or for today's show notes, visit us on the web at bbtleadershipinstitute.com. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of the BBT Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.